In this episode, I'm going to share a draft chapter from the book I've been writing. This is chapter 19. It's about selling the product of you. The book is called Building the Invincible You, and it shares frameworks and strategies for amplifying your power in your work and life, regaining your freedom to spend more of your time the way you wish you could, and building the future you want for yourself and your loved ones. and this is Invincible Life. All right, I'm going to do a reading from this chapter, chapter 19, Selling the Product of You. Um, if you've been following along back in chapter 8, I talked about two meta-level strategies that will help you be successful in your professional life. One is treating your career like a business. The other is viewing yourself as a product. Now, if you want to follow along with this chapter uh, or go back to chapter eight, you can go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. This is book chapter, Selling the Product of You, issue number 30. So when you apply a business model to your career, You think more objectively about revenue streams, expenses, competition, marketing, and selling. If you're self-employed, this won't be a stretch. You've already focused your professional career on making your business successful and thinking like a business. However, I know most people who are reading my book and listening to the chapters in this podcast are not self-employed. You work for an employer of some sort. But you can also benefit from being more objective when you view yourself as the product, your business, i.e. your career, sells to employers. This chapter is most useful for employees and business owners who sell their services because What you are ultimately selling is you and what you can do for the customer. This is especially true if you're a solopreneur business owner. There are two sides to the selling equation mediated by the transaction of offering a service and receiving compensation in return. You are on the selling side and essentially offering yourself to a buyer. You need to be clear about the value of that product. The customer or employer is on the buying side, looking for a solution to their problems. They are seeking a product that is the answer to their wants and needs. And I created a simple diagram of this. If you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me.me, you can check it out. So let's start with this product you plan on offering. And I call this the product of you. Now, I hope you're not offended by the concept of being a product. It has helped me and others take a bit of the pain out of working and operating in the business world. And there are times things happen and it causes pain. 
When you take things personally, you sometimes get your feelings hurt when business decisions impact you. For example, you think things like this. Hey, I didn't get a raise because my boss hates me and likes someone else better. I deserve a promotion because I've been in the company longer than my colleague. Why did they get it? That employer should have made me a better offer because I really need the money. Don't they understand that? My company put me on a layoff list and I lost my job. Now I've lost my confidence and I feel worthless. Or a prospective client didn't hire me. I guess they didn't like me. Yeah, sometimes other people let feelings and personal opinions influence how they behave in the business world. But that doesn't mean you do that too. And there are many times you think things were personal, but they absolutely were not. Business is business. I know there are times I had to lay people off that were perfectly competent, nice people. It wasn't personal. A change in corporate strategy can sometimes eliminate hundreds or even thousands of jobs. We've seen a lot of that over the past few years. I also know there were times I hired one candidate instead of another. That's how it works. Even if all the candidates are great people, very talented, and they all could do the job well, you still have to pick one person to hire. The slightest variable can influence that business decision. You know, maybe one candidate recently worked on a product that's similar to the one your company offers. So that's how they got the job. They edged out the other candidates. Getting hired by an employer or a customer is sales, whether you like it or not. And the sales process requires having a great product to offer prospective customers. No one is going to hire you just because you want them to. No customer is going to pay you simply because you need money. You must have a great product and you must be able to show how great that product is. If you aren't comfortable talking about it, how do you expect people to know about it? They can't read your mind. If you're an employee, there is a quick way to start defining the product of you. Use your current job description and turn it into a product description. For example, what services do you provide? What do you do at your job every day and every week? What tasks are you good at performing? What problems do you solve for your employer? How do you help the business succeed? If your employer is hiring more people to do what you do, you know, they're trying to hire more designers or accountants or engineers, salespeople, writers, whatever it is you do, you may find a literal job description for what you do. It's probably posted online. The responsibilities and qualifications have much of the information you need. Another useful approach is to think about what you would require from a consultant or a contractor the company would hire to do exactly what you do. 
How would you define the requirements for that gig? Capture all the details. If you're a business owner who offers your services to clients, I bet you've already completed this exercise. You had to do this to create your sales pages, your marketing pages, material, things like that. Make sure you capture the parts of your job that go beyond the job description. I'm sure you're doing all kinds of work that don't fit into the few bullets your employer put into the job requirements. As you make this long list, you'll soon discover this quote product of you is even more valuable than you or your employer think. Like many people, you're probably underpaid for everything that you make possible at work. It's also important to break everything down into the fundamental building blocks of what you do. A high-level description rarely captures the full value of what you deliver. For example, I work with many software designers. So, some will include a bullet on their resume somewhere that states, Designing Engaging and Usable Mobile Applications. One little sentence. I mean, think about that. How many subtasks fit under that simple sentence? There are hundreds of valuable tasks and activities buried under it. Pull them all out and list them. What's exciting about these building blocks when you finally get that list together is you get to assemble them in all new ways to create variations of the product of you. For example, I reassembled the skills I used as a corporate manager and a corporate leader to help me define the product that I offer as a leadership and career coach with my business. I'm sure the same is true for you. Intelligent, talented people can learn almost anything, do almost anything, and succeed at nearly anything they put their minds to achieving. You are more flexible and adaptable than you think. Once you recognize this, a world of professional possibilities open up to you. You don't just have to do the same job you've always been doing. You'll be able to create numerous strategies that tap into different versions of the product of you that can help you achieve your goals in new ways, reach your life vision, maybe more quickly than you thought. So even though you could define your product to be identical to the job you currently perform, for example, if you're an accountant, you would define an accounting product. But maybe you want to tweak things a little or take your professional future in a whole new direction. Now is the time to emphasize more of the, quote, product features you love doing, are great at doing, and want to keep doing in the future. And you can remove or de-emphasize stuff you just don't want to do anymore. If you're an employee, I have some bad news for you. Your boss is rarely going to do this exercise for you. They want you to keep doing what you've been doing because that's the work that needs to be done. In most cases, unless you have a great boss. And they are rare. In most cases, they will not proactively look for ways to remove work activities you don't enjoy doing. You must look out for yourself and define the future career you want. If you're a business owner... 
you sometimes feel trapped in a cycle of continuing to offer the services you've always offered. This is especially true if you have happy customers who want to keep paying you for those very services. But if you're no longer enjoying that kind of work, no one else is going to fix the problem for you. This exercise is how you define what you'd prefer to be doing and start guiding your business in that new direction, slowly but surely. It can't happen overnight. I was just talking about this with a member of my career accelerator last night. I've linked some of this if you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me if you're curious about it. So we were talking and they mentioned they had been working on a web design project and discovered they had lost their interest in doing more web design in the future. They had enough of it. And so we all said, then don't. Don't do it. Take your services in a new direction that focuses on the strategic work you prefer to do. This is the chance to redefine it. Now, before moving on to the buying side of the sales equation, I want to take a moment for you to document some of the details of the product of you. And I know this is easier if you were looking at the book or looking at this online, but I'm going to go ahead and go through these questions. And yes, I'm intentionally going to use language to make this feel more objective and less personal. Remember, businesses make decisions that are good for the businesses. It isn't, it isn't personal. You know, number one, what does your product do? What kind of work do you do? Number two, what is your product great at doing? So where have you demonstrated talent, skills, knowledge, and experience? Number three, what do you wish your product was doing? What are the kinds of work you'd prefer to do? Number four, what do you wish your product did not do? What are the kinds of work you want to stop doing? Number five, why is your product better at doing this than other products? It really means why should someone hire you instead of someone else? So I'm, when I'm talking about product, I'm talking about you. I don't know if that's clear. And so this is, I'm using the word product, trying to make this more objective and have you think about this as a business. Number six, what can you offer that your competitors do not? You know, what makes you unique? Number seven, what problem does your product solve? What job does your potential customer need done? What do they need? Number eight, how are customers solving this problem now? So are they using other employees? They have contractors or maybe they're just not solving it at all. And that's why they need help. Number nine, what pain does your product eliminate? Pain is another way to think about a problem. You know, there's things that customers want. There are pains that they want to solve. Those are the things they like to pay to address. And number 10, why would your approach be different, better, and appreciated by potential customers? You know, what makes you special? So as I said, this is your chance to redefine the product of you to be what you wish it could be. You don't need to settle for a professional life that makes you stressed and unhappy and doing things you really just don't want to be doing. All right, I'm going to move on to the buying side of the equation. The best salespeople know it's all about the customer. If you don't understand your customer, who they are, what they want, what they need, how they're feeling, 
you will struggle with selling yourself and your services. Your goal is to draw the connection between your product and what the customer needs. You need to understand how they think about the problem, how they describe it, and what they think they are seeking as a solution. If you say you offer X, but they think they need Y, they will not buy your product. In other words, they will not hire you. Let me be clear about something. You do not need to be, nor can you be, all things to all customers, all things to all people. Some customers will think you're amazing and the answer to all their problems. Some will be completely wrong for you. They won't appreciate you, what you do, or treat you well. So be very clear with your customer definition. You don't want to waste your time trying to sell yourself to the wrong employer or the wrong client. I mean, heck, you may even successfully close a deal and sell your product, essentially yourself, to someone only to discover that working for and with them makes you absolutely miserable. I think we've all had that happen. Choose your buyer wisely. Successful selling is about helping people, not pushing something they don't want, something they don't need. I mean, gee, I spend too much time every day scrolling through spammy sales messages from people who haven't bothered doing their homework and learning more about who I am and what I might need. I get so tired of it. Selling doesn't have to be some mysterious, uncomfortable, or spammy process. It's simply a conversation between two people. One person has a problem. The other person has the solution to that problem. But they need to talk with each other to discover that potential match. Now, before moving on to the selling side of the equation, take a moment and think about the details of your ideal customer or employer. If you're a business owner, I hope you've already worked on this. I recently talked about this very exercise with my Invincible Solopreneur subscribers. If you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, we work through this exercise. If you're an employee, I want you to view a potential employer as a prospective buyer of the product of you. I keep coming back to this business language and this product language. I spend a lot of time working through an ideal employer exercise with my career clients as a career coach. You will crush your future job interviews if you understand your employers more deeply, the problems they are facing, and the problems they need you to solve for them. So, number one, who is the customer that is facing the problem your product solves? You know, what type of company? What size of company? What's the industry they're in? Who is the individual who's going to literally make the buying decision, right? Number two, how do they describe this problem in their own words? This is important. Pay special attention to the language they use. Number three, what do they think they want, which might be different from what they really need? This is why I say you have to market to their want to get their attention, 
but solve their problem with what they really need. Number four, who is suffering the most with this problem? Who is most eager to hire you? Who is most willing to pay you? Who is most willing to pay you the most? Number five, when you think about these people, who do you care about the most? Are there specific types of people, companies, etc.? There's probably folks you would rather work for than others. And who do you not want to help? I talk about this with my clients all the time too. Maybe you just don't enjoy working for large corporations and so you want to work for a smaller company. Number seven, who do you not want to work with? These are the kind of people you don't want to work with. Maybe you don't like working with rude people or demanding people. Number eight, who do you think would benefit the most from your product or service? Would it be a small tech startup? Would it be a brick and mortar retailer, a restaurant? I mean, who would benefit the most from what you do? Number nine, who do you most want to work with and help? Small business owners or billionaires? It's up to you. Number 10, why do you care so much about helping them? Maybe you want to work with small business owners because your parent was a small business owner. Number 11, why are these people not being helped by your competitors? What's going wrong? Maybe your competitors are focused on bigger fish so that they're not helping smaller companies. Who knows? Number 12, What can you offer these people that your competitors do not? Maybe you have something really unique in your background experience that sets you apart. Number 13, why would your approach be different, better, and appreciated by these people? Maybe you are an entirely different type of leader. Maybe you are a different type of consultant. Maybe you're a better partner. Number 14. Of the people you most want to work with and help, who can most afford you? Who can most afford your product or services? I mean, you still need to make a living. You need to make money. You have bills to pay. Unless you're going to be building a charity, you got to figure out who can afford you. And number 15, where can you best reach the people who need your solution the most and they're willing to pay for it? And that could be through networking, Referrals, advertising, social media, LinkedIn, you name it. The more you understand your potential buyer, your ideal customer, your ideal employer, the better you can position yourself to be the solution to their problem. So let's dive into how you can best sell yourself to get the outcome you desire. And that could be getting hired or selling your services, depends on what you're doing. So this is the selling side of the equation. So no offense to all the traditional salespeople out there, but I hate the way you've been trained to sell. I, you know, I, it's not, it's not you. (laughs) It's the way you've been trained to sell many of you. I run into this almost every day in my email on social media and it's all over my LinkedIn inbox. You know, I get unwanted cold emails, messages, texts, and calls, completely cold pitches. People use aggressive tactics, trying to force me to make a decision too quickly. I just had somebody mock my online performance, promising they're going to be my big savior. It's like, not a good tactic. People who make inflated fake promises about what they can do for me. We can turn you into a seven-figure consultant. Can you? 
really, in three months. Creating artificial deadlines by which I need to buy or I'm going to lose out. You have 24 hours and then this deal goes away. Using canned scripts that feel so forced and artificial. And you know because you're getting like 20 messages a week from people that all sound the same. Not really understanding me and my needs. So they're trying to sell me things I don't want at all. And sounding exactly like every other pushy, shallow salesperson out there. I used to be a software designer many years ago. And then I became a design manager and I became a design leader. And then later I finally became a product executive. You'll notice I never mentioned the words salesperson or sales. I had no real experience with sales other than joining some salespeople on customer calls when we would demo software and I would demo the prototypes I'd created. So when I launched my tech startup many years ago, I knew I just had to learn more about sales or we were going to fail. I took some courses, I joined a business community, and I started learning more about sales strategies, tactics, and methods. One of the recommendations was to follow a specific type of script during discovery calls with potential customers. Some of the suggestions were quite useful. Ask lots of questions. Listen a lot. Listen to what the other person is saying. And explain how you can help if they sign up. Sure. Good stuff. The part I hated was the aggressive sales pitch at the end. You were supposed to tell the prospective customer that your offer was only available for a limited time. The great deal you were going to give them would disappear later. And they only had a few minutes, hours, maybe a day to decide. I mean, yuck. It just didn't fit my personality. I hated pushing people into buying something when they weren't sure they wanted it yet. I didn't like being a sales bully. I threw that script away. And I started doing something completely new that was aligned with my personality and values. And it's really quite simple. I help people as much as I possibly can during their first free call with me. That's it. I just help people. I have a short questionnaire that folks complete when they schedule time with me. It helps me prepare for a call so I can be as helpful as possible. I want to know who they are, the problems they are facing, and how they think I can help. Then, in our live call, I do my best to address their problems, give them recommendations, offer potential solutions, and describe exercises they can try on their own to solve their own problems for free. But do you know what I don't do? I don't make a pitch. And I don't try to sell them anything. I don't even bring up my coaching services at all. Do you know what happens 98% of the time? People proactively ask me how they can keep working with me. They ask me for more help. So I write up a short proposal and I send it to them after the call. Again, no pressure. They can review the proposal and get back to me with questions now, I may follow up by email a few days later to see if they have questions and make sure they got the proposal. If they don't respond, guess what? I drop it. I mean, come on. 
I don't want to push them to hire me. I know a lot of salespeople do that. They follow you up and they harass you. Hey, if you don't want to work with me, it's probably not going to work out. It's, it's going to be a tough relationship if I am constantly pulling you to do what you need to do. But if someone is ready and interested, we can start working together. And it's that simple. Selling is just helping people. You shouldn't be begging someone to hire you, pay you, or buy your stuff. You are helping people. And when you demonstrate that you're not a jerk and you really can help them, you know, because you did it for free, they want more from you. If you're an employee trying to get hired by a potential employer, get in the driver's seat and treat the interview process the same way. That potential employer has a problem they're trying to hire someone to solve. Otherwise, they wouldn't be hiring. Ask questions. Suggest ways you can help. Share your brilliant ideas. Give them a taste of how amazing you are. Let them see how great life will be if they hire you. Great job interviews are conversations, not one-way interrogation sessions. You should be asking interviewers as many questions as they are asking you, right? They're trying to decide if they want to hire you, but you're trying to decide if you even want to work for that employer. Treat it like a 50-50 conversation and retain your power. Retain your power. If you're building the invincible version of yourself, this will feel more and more natural for you. So I have some final points. I know we're almost out of time. I have some sections about creating a short elevator pitch. This is super important whether you're an employee looking for a job or a business owner trying to pitch yourself to somebody who may want to buy your services. You should always be selling. And if that's just helping people, that's not a bad thing. You should always be looking for your next opportunity. I don't care if you're super happy with your job right now. You should always be looking and interviewing. No one is going to force you to say yes to a job offer. If you're happy where you are and the job offer isn't that great, say no. Stay where you are. But you never know what you're going to discover. The biggest promotions and compensation bumps in my life came with new jobs. Um, job interviews are sales calls. It's really, you're selling yourself. I, I truly believe solopreneurship is the ultimate freedom. You've probably heard me sell that before, say that before. But if you can cut out the middleman, you know, your employer, and sell directly to buyers, you make more money. I was just talking with somebody on Twitter who was talking about this, that they've 3X'd their income by becoming an entrepreneur instead of working for someone else. The big takeaway I want to leave you with is sales isn't a dirty word. It isn't. You can sell without feeling dirty. It took me a little while to figure out my style. But it's really just about helping people. And it may feel strange at first, but treating your career like a business is an incredibly powerful model. And similarly, viewing yourself as a product is very powerful. That way you remember business is business and things aren't personal. When you position yourself as the best solution for someone's problems, you will always be in demand. You will become an opportunity magnet for the rest of your professional life. 
All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. There is more coming. And um, feel free to share this with a friend who might find it useful. And uh, you'll hear from me again when I'm ready to share another chapter with you. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with pursuing the life of your dreams so you can be happier, healthier, and more fulfilled.